Yoga became the place where I could be with myself. And then what ended up happening is by being with myself, um, I kind of started that internal journey um, through myself and, and found God on the mat. That was Davina Davidson. Hey everyone, Danny Pomplune here. Welcome back to the Yogi Misfit Sessions. I'm at session 121 today, and uh, yeah, it's one of our Fierce Calm collaborations, uh, which are always really great stories. Uh, Davina and I had such a hard time uh, trying to nail down the show and just getting her on, and we were both just busy in life and whatnot, but we finally made it happen, and I was saying it on the show, but like every time I have one of those uh, guess that's like it takes a little bit longer it always ends up being that much sweeter and I feel like the timing is even more perfect because we were supposed to talk before this COVID stuff and I'm actually glad that we didn't talk until um, after COVID started because the conversation was just exactly what I needed to um, to hear from her so um, I've gotten a lot of really cool responses recently on Instagram from you guys about how much the show is helping and how it's People are really listening to it right now, which is super awesome. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for it. And uh, if you want to support the show in return, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also head over to our support page, which it's linked down below in the notes. And uh, yeah, if you feel like giving the show a little donation support, please do. And uh, without further ado, here goes Davina Davidson on session 121. Hey, Davina, welcome to the show. Hello. So I, I know we were just saying beforehand, I, I there was like scheduling issues and there was internet going wrong and and then now we're finally here. So I'm, I'm so glad to have you on the show. How's it going? It's going great. I'm uh, really excited, um, even though I'm like in this very interesting place in life right along with everyone else, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. Yeah. How are you? Where in the world, one, where in the world are you located? I am in Houston, Texas. Okay, cool. And how are you guys doing? I mean, everywhere is a little bit different. I feel like every day is a little bit different, but how are you guys doing? Now y'all have shelter in place and all that fun stuff going on? We actually just, um, we're saying like open back up um, on the 1st, May 1st. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in my particular neighborhood, it's pretty chill. Um Everyone is, is kind of, you know, staying, staying home still, even though, you know, things are starting to open up. Right. Um, and personally, I mean, I had the recollection, I was just like, wow, I go to the same places mm -hmm. over yeah. and over. <laughs> <laughs> like Cre <laughs> Creatures of habit, that is mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> yes. And how's your family and everyone doing with all of it too? Are you guys all nearby or has it been, you know, I always, th I think about the people that are one living alone like myself, cause that can be pretty rough mm -hmm. to the parents that are, you know, like the part of, you know, parenting is like, get, you get a break sometimes when kids are at school, when you're at work or whatever, and they're balancing having to work and do kid work the entire time, you know? And then the third is people that have been separated from their families. For sure. And for me, um, 
I have two children of my own and I do this full time. I teach yoga full time. So mm-hmm. I kind of work from home normally. And so this has been, um, I think the most challenging part for them is when I was, cause I taught a few live classes and I was like, mm-hmm. I know that my community wants me to be teaching right now. And it's such a burden on my children and like having to be quiet and not being able to go to the bathroom or get go to the kitchen and get snacks and things like that. Um, and so I've kind of went to pre-recorded classes versus doing a whole bunch of live classes mm-hmm. just because um, we can kind of, I can schedule that around, you know, their sleeping times and things like that. So um uh, it's kind of business as normal for me. Um, and then I have a sister actually in LA um, mm-hmm. and she, she's an actress and, and she's doing all kinds of cool things at home <laughs> right yeah. now. And um, I have a sister in Michigan and, um, and then my mom is here in Texas as well. So we're actually kind of spread out, um, but we FaceTime or, you know, do zoom calls every other day. So it's kind of cool. It's been really interesting to, I mean, maybe I would love, maybe I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this. But when all this went down, you know, even as yoga teachers, we know a lot of people. Like we interact with a lot of people, and we see a lot of people in classes, and so our community naturally tends to be, you know, pretty big and and spread out. But to see like like who are my, um, what would you call them? Like like who are the, when, when stuff goes down, like who are the people that you lean on and who are the people that like call you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like who's like that core part of your people that that's for me has been like, okay, like it was definitely my sister. And then one of my other friends that I, I, you know, I talked to really well and often, but like they weren't like at the forefront of my mind. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. And now we're like, whenever like every day texting, like, here's the check-in, how you doing? Like, here's the, this, how, you know what I'm saying? It's been it's been really cool to really um, just feel supported, but also know like, oh, these are my people. It's the get out of jail people. That's what I'm calling them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I am kind of lucky because I live in a duplex right next door to a fellow yoga teacher um, and she's uh, one of my friends. So we have been like doing all the things and I'm pretty sure our community members are a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We work out together. We go, I walk with her and her dog. Um, we sit out on the porch, we sit on the hammock and yeah. So we're like quarantined together. <laughs> a quarantine is what I've been calling it. There it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I say this pretty much every time, but I, I really do mean it. I love doing these uh, partnership episodes with Fierce Calm just because, I sit back and I get so like, I guess low key. No, well, not so low key anymore if I'm putting it out there. But low key, I get so much wisdom out of these um, these recordings and just hearing people's stories. So I'm excited to have you on here. And it goes without saying, just to be able to uh, to speak about your story really e- e- openly and just you know putting it out there for a bunch of random people to hear is um, it takes a lot. So I want to say thank you for for that first and. Yeah, I just want to hear, let's talk about Davina. Let's talk about your story before yoga and and what's going on. Yeah. So before yoga, I was actually a school teacher. I taught math and kind of did um, some grad work in in becoming 
an assistant principal and, and getting my certification to be in leadership and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And really, I just love to teach. So I immersed myself in that that community and in the education system so mm-hmm. much so to the point where, and I know a lot of school teachers can, you know, attest to this is it was a pro I was approaching burnout and just like tired of fighting the system and just being really stressed from the politicking, not even the children. It wasn't the children at all. I loved, um, I taught eighth grade through high school and I loved it. And so um, I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure something out. And so towards the end of my teaching career, my sister invited me to um, a yoga class and it, it happened to be a hot yoga class. And I said, okay, I had just had my daughter and I was like, let's do it. I need to lose some weight. This, you know, I thought it was just a workout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> And just about died um, in class and was like, I should be able to do this. Like, I'm a former college athlete. I played softball in college. I played basketball growing up. Like, I should be able to do this. And so ego actually um, is what had me kind of looped into this, like, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm going to keep coming back and really trying to figure out you know, what is this thing that's, that's challenging me? But what was really cool, and I shared this in my uh, Fierce Calm story, is that quickly, very quickly, yoga became the place where I could be with myself. Mm-hmm. I was in a room full of strangers. I didn't know anyone. And I totally joke about it. And I think it's totally fine to say it. But yeah, I, I joked about like being the only black person in the room. And I just, I felt welcomed Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like I belongs, like it was like, we were all just working through our own, own stuff. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was like the place where I could be by myself. And then what ended up happening is by being with myself, um, I kind of started that internal journey um, through myself and, and found God on the mat, like, that was my experience was like, whoa, what is happening to me? Um, <laughs> why do I feel this way? And so very, it's a very positive um, experience. What was that experience like finding God? Like, can you, I want to hear more about that. This, you, you just get, you casually, Davina, you're like, yeah, I found God on the mat. No big deal. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> you can't drop it and then not, come on now. As a believer prior to the practice, I'll say that, you know, there were some friends and family members who were a little nervous and just like, hey, and really from a place of ignorance and not really knowing what yoga was, um, you know, just like, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm like, you can pray for me. I'm gonna pray for you too, because this is the closest I've ever felt to God. And so what that would look like is, you know, sitting on my, I would be the last person to leave the room, just almost feeling like I couldn't move because I was so relaxed, so peaceful, so unbothered and just like whole and complete. Do you think, what was it? Do you ever think about like when you look at like your athletic like background versus this, you know, there's sometimes where you get like, uh, like runner's high is a thing mm-hmm. and even like game high is a thing where you feel like that connected. Did you ever get that with any of your collegiate sports that you did or? So to me, the difference was that when I would sit after practice, there was no effort. 
And there was, I played softball. So it was like, you know, even basketball is like very fiery and very passionate. And there was always some level of effort that I had to put in to get to that place. And really it, it almost felt like this sense of peace or calmness snuck up on me mm-hmm. on my yoga mat. And it was just like, yeah. Oh, here it is. It was like, I just approached, approached God and he was like, hello, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> it's a trip, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to explain it to I mean, you, we, we could say it to the cows come home or yoga teachers. So I think we're, supposed to say it or something but it's a trip when you're like oh shit this is like you have that moment where you have that like oh yeah that's it's just a trip when you feel it yeah and so my story with yoga is um very uncanny um in that i started as a student and kind of dived in and went went pretty regularly like almost every single day and it was a smaller studio and the and the wife who who um, worked the front desk she said would you be interested in teaching yoga and again my silly self went to well one black people don't do yoga let alone teach yoga right (laughs) and i was like I no lies detected no (laughs) lies detected (laughs) i was like i have no idea what yoga really is anyways. And she said, I'll teach you everything I know. And I said, you know what? Okay, let's try it. (laughs) And I was a school teacher. So I was like, I like teaching. I like sharing information. I love to learn. So it was like right on time. And she did. She taught me everything that she knew. And I went from a student of the practice to very shortly after that, um, I quit my job and started working for the studio full time. Her and her husband let me create my own job title, which I ended up kind of doing what I did in education um, as a studio leader in that I was like the director of teachers and I created rubrics or a rubric around um, teaching standards and would go to classes and give teachers feedback. Because really the teachers, they just wanted to know. They wanted to know, am I, is this okay? Am I doing this right? They wanted that validation. And the studio owners didn't have the time to go right. to classes. At that point, we were, by the time that I came on, we had somewhere around maybe like 60 teachers. And it kind of mm-hmm. blew up to, when I left, we had about 150 teachers. Wow. Yeah. So your, your scholastic, back, well, your education background came came through for this one. Hallelujah. Okay. Yeah. It came all uh-huh. the way through. Because <laughs> a lot of times it doesn't, <laughs> you know? And honestly, I say this, and I think people, um, you know, some people don't necessarily agree with me, but after getting hired and, and, and doing what I was doing, they asked me to, you know, assist teacher trainings. And, and I ended up co-leading and then leading my own trainings and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And What I observed is that oftentimes it was the school teachers who were able to pick up the content and teach it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Not saying that other people could not. It just took other people a little bit longer to like share authentically. Um, But the school teachers wreck shopped. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I like to remind people like teaching and practicing, reading and writing, two different skill sets. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you started teaching and I mean, it sounds like you did a lot more than just started teaching. You started teaching and supporting and what, I mean, what, what, what came, what came from it? 
Oh, all the things, <laughs> all the things. So I went through a very like, so early on in my transition to, you know, from school teaching to being a yoga teacher, um, I was married and ended up doing, I did teacher training and was like, I don't want to be married. And, right. and that era ended and it kind of, you know, pushed me into this, this like self-reflective state. I was also working on my doctorate at the time in um, organizational leadership. So I was like honing in on what it meant to be a leader. And at the same time, I was immersed in this new lingo, this new yoga talk and like mm-hmm. being reflective and um, yeah, just like the yoga sutras and, and just all this personal growth work. So yeah. for about four years, I was pretty heavy into um, sitting and listening to people um, share their stories, uh, very intimate stories about life and, and trying to understand why they chose to show up the way that they did in various situations. Um, I really uh, worked on the, the craft of seeing people beyond their exterior and the, and the, and the show that they put on and really looking at people and seeing them for all the greatness and all the goodness that they are. Um, and just a lot of mentoring and somewhat felt like a life coach for a period. It was very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I can, I can imagine for sure. I, I like, sometimes I reflect you know, like the two, well, I, I, I say this at the start of each teacher training. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm like, congratulations. You chose one of the two things that are going to ruin your life, either yoga teacher training or therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting. I, okay. So I'll say this. I went through a period where we were doing deep work. So we did some Susan Conrad work, um, lots of Brene Brown stuff. Um, just being very vulnerable and, and, and being open, all the Baron Baptiste stuff on a forest stuff. And so there was just a lot where I was like, bro, I am not a therapist. Like I'm not right. a therapist, but I'm being put in a position where people, um, a position of leadership where people were expecting me to have the answers. And even if they didn't expect me to have the answers, they were at least hoping that I could hold space for them. And sure. being the, the person that I am, I was definitely able to hold space for people, but at a cost. And that yeah. that looked like, um, for me, after leading teacher trainings that were very emotional or high in this, um, this you know, personal growth work stuff, I went through a very, like, a purging phase of, like, Maybe I guess I took on people's stuff for, you know, four or five years. And then I went through a phase of just purging and just releasing trauma that was like built up. Um, yeah. And so it was, it was beautiful work. I learned a lot. And I also had my own phase of trauma of like trying to sift through, you know, what was mine and what mm-hmm. was other people's. Right. Yeah. Trying not to pick up on it too much either too. Mm-hmm. Teacher training equals cheap group therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And so my thought, my thoughts were like, is there another way to do this? Like, do we have to do all of this? And so when I started leading, I left that company and and started doing my own teacher trainings. um, I actually just shut down all the emotional stuff. I was like, I'm not the one. 
Like you can go get a therapist. What I'm here to teach you is, um, you know, some anatomy, some yoga yoga philosophy. Um, If anything, the sutras, um, the sutras are the place where it gets a little bit like therapy. Um, Only on their part, not mine. I wouldn't go into it with them, but people were very reflective during the the sutra talks. Um, But yeah, I got really honed in on what it was like, what it meant to teach yoga, like the delivery of instruction um, and, and, making the the practice accessible through modifications and things like that. So mm-hmm. I kind of shifted into more like practical, like this is what I, I can do with integrity without a therapy license. <laughs> right, right, right. And it felt, it probably felt more authentic too. Absolutely. Cause I'm not using, a teacher. <laughs> it, I hate using that word, but it's like case in point scenario. It, it works here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you What are you up to now? That you know. So I mean, obviously, it had a huge impact in your life in multiple, multiple ways. I know you're up to some work with a nonprofit. Yeah. So every year, I get a word or a phrase that kind of you know helps me kind of sift through what I'm going to do for the year. And so, at the end of me working at that company, I started one year. I went out into the Houston yoga community and started kind of looking at other studios and practicing at other places. And I said, okay, this is awesome. So that year the word was connect. And then at the end of the year, I was like, whoa, where are the people of color? Like, where are they at? Like, (laughs) they're not represented in the room. So then the next year my word was, or my phrase was connect um, with more people of color. And so that's how Melanin Yoga Project was birthed, was to take this practice that I know can, it can be healing without even, you know, going the therapy route, just through self-realization um, can be very impactful. I decided to, you know, gather up some teachers that I knew uh, through community and started Melanin Yoga Project. And really it's about connecting, educating, and inspiring um, people of color on the practices of yoga, on the benefits of yoga. And that's that's exactly what we do. It's very, um, very clear. It's never a blurred line. Like, what, what are you guys up to? We connect people, we educate people, and we inspire people. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Bye. <laughs> She's done. <laughs> Where are you guys taking the pro? So, where are you guys taking the project? I mean, is it going into different community? Like, how do you guys decide where do you start, or is this just an open platform where people come and reach out to you guys? So, we, the way that we operate, we have our different committees. We have a community committee that kind of goes out into the community, into community centers, churches, um, even like. Um, smaller businesses like restaurants who have open spaces and want to do like meditation, that kind of thing. So we do that piece um, and we send teachers into shelters to teach, into schools to teach. And then we do host events. So we have a couple of, um, let's say four or five major events a year. And one of them is this educational component, which is our, our virtual or it's now virtual, um, yoga expo. And so I pull from my network and, and the teachers in our community 
to offer up classes, these like, it's just a yoga conference, a, a mini conference where we get to share about meditation, yoga asana, um, pranayama. I try to give it a color, like a, a wide array of things versus people thinking that yoga is just a physical practice. Right. So we kind of do those kinds of events. And then we have an education department. So now I lead my teacher trainings through the nonprofit, 200 hour and 300 hour. So mm-hmm. we're really, the idea is that in my mind, as a former school teacher, the way this kind of plays out is that we get in schools and we share this practice with kids. Their behavior starts to change. And the parents are like, hey, what's going on? What, you know, what's happening with my child? And we say, oh, we've been doing these mindfulness practices. Would you like to learn? So through the com- we partner with community centers that are in the same areas as the schools that we service so that the parents can go to the community center and learn these techniques. They get so excited about learning these techniques that they come to some of our workshops, some of our events, and then hopefully... Some of them actually end up doing teacher training and then going back and teaching in their own communities. And this is how we build community. Do you ever get any pushback from like when you start to enter the space of like, hey, guys, I'm going to introduce you to, you know, yoga and this is why it's important. Do you ever do you ever feel like in the community there's a little bit of pushback to it because people may not connect to it or, or feel like it's not for them? Um. I have not, I would say we have not experienced that heavily. I would say the most that we get resistance around, which is interesting because our first two yoga expos were in a church. So the the most pushback that we get within the African-American community as well as the Hispanic community is like, uh, the devil's a liar. Ain't nobody like we're not doing yoga over here. <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I grew like, you know, born and raised in East LA in a very Mexican household. My mom was super Catholic, like did all that stuff. And they would be like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not what, having it. <laughs> what was beautiful is that when I worked in education, the major I worked in like 96% Hispanic communities, the, the 10 years that I was in education and really it was take the name off of it and just yeah. say this is mindful these are mindfulness practices to uh, get them in the door and then i did i would openly share like this is this is um what i'm coming from and i would i would share the yoga sutras and for them to be able to read it in their own like for themselves where it says this is not for a religion this is not made for any one religion it's not a religious practice um, was always very comforting. Right. Right. Cause then it, it takes, it takes away that, uh, I don't want to say the sense of power on it, but this ownership of it, if it's like, you know what I'm saying? It puts, it, yeah. it takes away the boundary or the, uh, yeah, I guess it's a good way to say it. like the ownership of it. Like it's not just for one thing. It leaves it completely, you know, open to everybody. And yeah, I, I'm just thinking of like my, my, my grandmother being like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? You just super, do some pranayama with her and let her let her feel relaxed and see yeah. how she feels. Better. <laughs> and then push back. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. What do you see? You know, I know it's it's again kind of going back to what we said earlier or what I was saying earlier. It's easy for us to say this until you know, like yoga is good for you until the cows come home. 
how do you like what is the what is the biggest thing that you witness shift wise in in community in your community specifically when you do introduce this stuff in what i i think is interesting is that this the the pandemic has literally turned so many people to the practice in that we shifted our regular expo. We did one online. We did a, a virtual one. And it was, you know, this wide array of things and very few asana practices. So we, I think we did maybe two or three asana practices. But what was interesting is the most highly attended session was on the Yoga Sutras. So this, I, I think that our community is turning this leaf around like, wait a minute, what is this? You right. know? And so I think they're beginning to um, at least approach it with with questions, right? right? And and to to be reflective about what what they're hearing instead of just taking it for like law or like this is oh this is what yoga is. It's more of like they're in a space of listening. They're wanting to to listen, and I think mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah, it takes the. I think people are there's so much information out there and i think people are like especially right now they're just overwhelmed you know with all like literally mm. there's just stuff getting blown up in your face every single second of the day and i think what people are starving for is wisdom mm. and i think that not i think i believe that that is something that the practice gives us for sure of is a ton of wisdom and it doesn't give it to you in like a listen to this because I said to listen to this. It doesn't indoctrinate. It says mm -hmm. inquire this, get to your answer and then move, you yes, know? Absolutely. What I have committed to personally and as well as through MYP is, and I think I shared, if I didn't share this with you, I'm sharing it now, but I a hundred percent was a little sad about the way that the yoga industry res reacted because we did not respond. We reacted to like, oh my God, we don't have a yoga studio to go to. Let's teach a whole bunch of yoga classes online. Mm -hmm. When the reality is, is that this was our time to shine and be like, what? We have the tools. There are so many other things outside of this physical practice that can help you cope during this time. We can give you pranayama techniques. We can give you meditation techniques. We can give you reflective questions to, to ponder over. We can um, provide restorative practices for you to rest during this time. And I think um, we didn't get it right, right out of the gates. And I think people are starting to shift a bit. So for me, I didn't. I did not teach right out the gate. And the first month or the first three weeks, people were like, okay, Davina, because I am, I am a pillar in the community. And they're like, so are you going to teach? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so I did a few classes, but mostly what I'm doing through MYP is um, we have short bursts. We have 10 to 15 minute um, classes on IG for free. And these are like little kids yoga classes, restorative, like just a a uh, breakdown of a restorative posture, pranayama and meditation, um, and some mindful eating stuff, but it's not asana based. It's not, not heavy right. in that. Right. I just had a, 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 you know, you know, of course, you know, Tracy Stanley, mm -hmm. she's the best. We love, we first off Tracy, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I had her on the show, not this past episode, but the episode before. And that was something that she said, she was like, 
it's not the time to be moving. Sure, create the heat, you know, create the tapas, find the the purification, but sit right now, you know, because a lot of people are getting caught up on like, I have so much free time. I got to do this, this, and this. I got to fill it with this, this, and this. I got to do, 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 do versus, you know, what you just said was, why don't you just sit back and let the yoga do you for a little bit? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is the negative self-talk that comes along with just sitting. Yeah. People like really go in if they're not being productive or not in their minds what what would be identified as productive. But sometimes it is in the rest that we get elevated and that we get rejuvenated and we get the things that we need. Not sometimes, all the time, honestly. I was going to say sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that everyone acknowledges it, but for me, for sure, every time that I do a yoga nidra or I do a restorative or yin practice or just sit, I'm I am rejuvenated and I feel more connected to myself. Mm -hmm. It's not in the doing that makes me feel um, like connected and like I'm operating from my highest self. It's when I get to pause and chill the F out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's you tap in, you know, you realize every, this is stuff that like we say all the time, but how many of us actually lean into it? But it's, you realize, you know, all the answers, all the advice, all the stuff that you're going externally for, it's inside. You just got to, you have an opportunity to lean in and trust it and actually listen to it. The problem is we, we tend to choose the doing, well, you know, it's, we're conditioned, right? So we mm-hmm. do, 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 that makes you successful. If you do certain things and you get to a certain place by doing the thing that makes it a success or like a job well done or, or whatever it is, no one ever glow, glow they said, there's like this, uh, this one, oh my God, I'm drawing up. I'm going to make up who said it, but somebody, somebody, some Zen master said this, right? But it's like, there's a person that's like, yeah, I meditate 20 hours a day or 20 minutes a day so that I can uh, get through my day with a sense of peace and ease or something like that. And the little monk is sitting by him and he's like, or get to my day successful and whatever. And the little monk sitting next to him says, if you meditated for an hour today, you wouldn't have to. <laughs> and it's so true. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So true. Well, this past weekend at teacher training, I kind of, we've, we talked about this. We had this conversation and it was so funny because one of the young ladies was like, um, well, what if you're like sleeping for like 12 to 14 hours a day? Like, cause I was all this, like we need rest and yada, yada. And she was like, do you think that I still need that? And I said, whoa, well, let's just, I said, pause what was your life like before the pandemic? Like what, what were you, what was your activity level there? And she was like, yeah, I was pretty chill. I said, okay, yeah, you can go do the power flow class. <laughs> right. Like, you, you can go, you can go take the class and, and kind of get, get some movement. <laughs> Wake up some of that tomasic energy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That. <laughs> it was so funny because everybody was like, Oh, that's real. But everybody else on the call, there's like 20 people in training. Everybody else was like, oh, yes, I need this rest. I like, I need to to come down. <laughs> so everyone that laughed with, with me and Davina right now on that t- Tomasic energy thing is a terrible yoga. It's a terrible yoga joke. And also you're a great yoga nerd. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You get it. 
<laughs> I get it. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Come on. Dubina, I, I uh, you know, I just, I said it earlier. I, I just, I'm really glad that we finally got to connect and talk. And I really do firmly believe that sometimes some of the people that I, Tracy was another one, actually, I didn't get to talk to her right away. We had to go back and forth. And every time those episodes happen at the end of it, I'm like, yep, worth the wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't thank you enough for, for coming on the show today and just, you know, sharing a little bit about what you're doing, how you're helping out, you know, the, uh, the African-American community and introducing different yoga uh, elements of yoga. And I, I, I love, like I, it, it, it brings me like straight up just happiness to hear you say we're not teaching the asana and we're teaching the other elements of it because it is a toolbox. It's not just a hammer, you know, yeah. it is, is it, a, it's a toolbox with a bunch of things that work. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you. Um, yeah, just doing what you're doing and taking the time out today to have this conversation with me. It's yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'm hopeful that this won't be the last time that we connect. No, definitely not. Uh-uh. This is just the beginning for sure. <laughs> Till the next Yogi Misfit Sessions, this is Danny and Davina saying peace out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>